Celtic Stuff Live with your hosts, Justin Poulin and John Dukes. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin, John Duke, and John. Tonight, opening night, oh yeah, let's see that up-tempo offense. Can't wait. And that pressuring perimeter D, let's see what they can be this season. I'm pumped up. And uh, Jalen Brown, my man, got the deal. And I have an update. Probably the first time ever I started off the season being happy with the NBA app. So we'll we'll uh, we'll sprinkle that in, maybe even as an outtake. But uh, I think... I think that you are not happy. I haven't been watching Twitter since the deal broke. I think you are not happy with the Jalen Brown deal. Am I right or am I wrong? No, tell me why you like it. Tell me why you like it first. Then I'll then I'll go mostly because I just don't see what I don't see how they're going to do cap space for a while. Anyway, they've got Kemba and Hayward. They're going to end up paying Tatum. And I just look at it like if the team's willing to shell out the money, it's inconsequential to us. And he'll still be young. I mean, still only be 26 when this deal or 27, I guess. Maybe he'll have gone into the 27 range um, when this deal's up. And that's still very young in NBA years. So with an expiring deal the last year, maybe even the last two, there's still lots of hope for him. And I do think he's going to continuously improve. Will he be an all-star at, you know, that, what is it, almost $28 million in the or 28.3 or whatever that final year. Um, you know, it escalates. But at the same time, by then, depending on how things are rolling, I mean, we've seen the salary cap just climb and climb and climb and inflation in general. So it could end up being a, a modest deal by the time we hit the end of it. So I think you got to lock up your talent. I don't think it makes any sense to let him go. It was great that they gave Tatum the extra year. So that basically makes his deal coincide with Hayward's, who's Hayward's totally going to be signing. So I just don't think we were looking for, I just don't think we were going to have cap space in the foreseeable future. So why lose talent? Well, I think I'm going to surprise you then, because I actually was okay with the deal. I I didn't like Ooh. it at 115 million, you know, guaranteed, you know, as it was first somewhat announced. I I thought that was a little too rich for for Jalen. I was really looking for something around 100, and you know, 103 guaranteed with, you know, saying that he's going to you know about four million, where he could probably likely get them with 49 wins and some other you know uh, modest uh, improvements in his ability and then you know on top of that saying well another eight million or so that are unlikely if he wins defensive player of the year or MVP the, the truth is you don't care if you pay him that extra eight million if, if that happens so at this point you look at 103 million at the bottom baseline bottom line number, and if if other things happen that are somewhat kind of in tune with where he is as, let's say a plus plus uh, role player, uh, let, I mean I, I think that's in terms of where he is right now, 
or what we saw from him last the last couple of years as a, as a plus plus role player. Uh, yeah, that's it's a little overpaid, but it's not crazy. You're also taking account of where you think he could go. And I think the biggest thing is to me the big takeaway is the Celtics right now are trying to get to a point where they're locking down their guys. I think they're they're looking at this and they're looking at, at what the landscape looks like right now, and they see what happened with all these players who were not maybe treated the best or given given uh, you know the the best offer they could. And the Celtics have have really said with Jalen Brown, I think, and really with Marcus Smart as well. They said, "Look, we want to, these are the guys we want to retain. We're invest in them. We're going to pay them maybe a little bit more than what the market says." And but the market's been doing that it. Too. That's the other thing. The market's been doing it. Lots of guys got locked up this week. That you know, not everybody got huge deals, but some did. And so, you know, I don't think the Celtics are the only team looking at it that way. And there's been a couple of points to, you know, specifically that the free agent class in this next coming year is pretty bad. So it all but guarantees that Jalen's going to get a max deal. So the Celtics found a way to save some money versus losing them all outright. And even if they had a little bit of cap space next offseason, they weren't going to be able to attract a big free agent no matter how they finagled everything. No, there just yeah. isn't one out there. No, so that's true. It's that's just, true. You know, the timing of this benefited Jalen as much as anything because had he come up last offseason, he would not have gotten an extension. Literally the fact that he came up you know, that he was coming up this coming summer and not last summer had everything to do with him getting this money. Had he come up last July, um, I don't know that the deal would have looked like this. And I'm not sure he would have gotten a max deal from another team this offseason either. But, but maybe so. But next, yeah, maybe so. But next yeah. offseason, definitely. For a guy that young with and that athletic talent, Plenty of teams were going to gamble on him on a max deal this offseason. And, you know, the other thing is, it, you know, he's got a lot of other interests. So those other interests, when you're trying to build, you know, from the ground up with a club that's kind of struggling, you want players that have charisma like Jalen Brown, too. And teams are willing to overpay for those guys because they have to find alternative ways to market their team. Well, yeah, and I, but I think what, what's also happening here is that a lot of the guys that got re-signed on, on Monday were really guys that were kind of no-brainers. I mean, I think Jalen was really the, the few, maybe you could say Sabonis, but you know, we all knew Siakam was going to get his money. It seemed unlikely Buddy Heald was going to get his money. Obviously, the other guys in that, in that draft class, the, the Ben Simmons and the uh, Jamal Murrays, they had already gotten their money. What's interesting to me is the fact that Jalen was one of the guys who I thought it kind of broke the trend of what the Celtics have done in the past, right? This is the first guy since Rondo who got signed off of his rookie extension, or was offered signed a rookie extension off his rookie deal. I think that's a big deal, and I think what it what it to me what it shows is that this is a further investment in the core that the Celtics team has right now. Doesn't mean that they couldn't be traded, but Danny wasn't going to go out on the market again. I think he's trying to build loyalty. He's trying to build goodwill internally. And I think that that's by giving Jalen his money, by keeping Marcus smart, uh, where it made sense, he's investing in these guys. And he invests in the future of Jalen Brown, a guy who really – took a bad start to the last season and maybe more so than anybody on the roster. 
eh, maybe maybe Marcus Smart, you could say, uh, was otherwise. But maybe more so than anybody who started out poorly, he played with heart and played with the type of integrity uh, and, and effort that I think Brad Stevens is looking for. And those are the types of models that as they kind of rebuild this thing, had... that they absolutely have to build around. And those, those are core pieces. And arguably, he had the best postseason out of the, anybody the last two seasons, if you take one. Because that postseason, not last, not this past season, but the year before, when they beat Philly and all of that, Jalen had an amazing, amazing postseason. And he is getting a little bit better with his handle. He's passing a little bit more. To your point, he sacrificed last year, and they're rewarding him. It's definitely sending the right message to building the right culture. And there's definitely a culture rebuild going on here within the Celtics locker room. And I'd almost say, too, if this team hadn't ever gone out and gotten any free agents— I mean, just imagine Smart and Rozier and Tatum and Brown, and then you've got Williams. I'm not saying that this team is going to win a championship that or that that design of the team, but that team built internally, which is something that I told you I really enjoy watching. It's one of my favorite things, which is why I don't want to lose all these players. And I get that sometimes you got to gamble big, but. Um, but that would not be a bad team as they all started to approach their mid to late 20s. And I guess the question would be, could you have kept them all? But they spent all the money on Kemba. They spent all the money on Hayward. They spent all the money on Horford. How could they not have afforded, you know, Rozier and Brown and Tatum and then still had Marcus Smart on the same deal that has him here today? Building internally helps, I think, Brad's particular team design commitment to defense, ball movement, it really helps it come together. Continuity is going to be a big key um, season over season. And so the more roster turnover they go through, I think the bigger concerns that they may have with getting um, what they want accomplished in Boston done in terms of just general strategy and team effort and commitment. So real quick, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke, and the entire CLNS Media Network, at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. That's right. Full-length locker room interviews in the Garden Report coming back to you in high def Tonight. 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 <laughs> we didn't talk about the intro, the new intro tonight. Speaking no, of tonight. New en- First off, you were showing off a little bit of uh, audio mixing, producing skills. Like, you've never done this for the show. We've been doing this show for... Have we ever really gotten a great count on this? 14 years, 15 I think, years? I think we go 14. I think 14. that's the... Yeah, I think we go with that. So in yeah. 14 years, yeah. you have not produced one audio clip. Nope. And then you just come out and like surprise me, because I knew you wanted one. I and want you were kind of like, Justin, we kind of need a new one. And I'm like, yep. I'm busy. Well, I'm wait. busy. But then you just go out and make it. You just went out and made it. Well, you know, we, we were like, we're calling a comeback, right? And then we've been, the comeback has been two years old, right? So I was like, we gotta, we gotta do something. We gotta go back to our roots. And the roots were, 
Superfly. Superfly is the roots that that licked the start. That's that's how this all started, right? So we're we're we've we're we're already back. We're back. We're back to where we were. And I really wanted to to give homage to the late Andy Jick, who passed away this this uh, this summer. Uh, you know, his intros really kind of the back the 1980s Celtics. We're the old dudes. We harken back to the old time. We're not the new kids on the block. We're not uh, you know Sam Jam Packard. We're not. There's no there's no whimsy. There's no you know. We're not doing that here. Bobby Manning, no kids. This is the old man hour, you know. So we pay uh-huh. we pay tribute to our fellow elders. And, the uh, old man hour, I love that's it. That's right. So we are. So anyway, that's speaking that's what of that old man hour. Yes. If 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 JB is still listening, he's going to appreciate your mix immensely. I, I hope so. I hope so. We uh, we missed missed the man, James uh, JB Metz, and. Uh, we had some great times on this show with uh, with Jim on the uh, on the on the on the call with the two of us. So uh, things things have changed. If they some things stay the same. So uh, yes. So hat tip to the the great the late great Andy Andy Jick. So more where that came from probably in the in the weeks to come. As I'm doing, going to be doing more of the producing of this show. Uh, as you fly, I, people don't know this, but for the video folks. Every week, Justin's in a different hotel room. This week, it's a it's a nice like kind of gray mauve. Uh, <laughs> is that fall? Yeah, it is becoming like that whole backdrop with the uh, um, birch bark trees or birch trees, you know, yes. and everything else. It's becoming less and less frequent these days. It is, it is. But that's you know, big things are happening for old Justin Poolin, the Jughead himself. So. Hey, well, maybe on the seventeenth year of us doing the show, they'll 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 bring home the banner as uh, Jalen Brown is in the middle of that new contract. Dude, that would be so awesome! And uh, I thought you were gonna say something else, like somebody would pay homage to us on the seventeenth year, that almost like almost like my appearance in uh, Return to the Rafters at the seventeenth minute, you know. Uh, so anyway. Would be kind of cool, but I'll I'll definitely take a championship in uh, year seventeen because that's what when they got the last one it was the seventeenth championship. So year seventeen of Celtic stuff live would be phenomenal for a champion. So what's that going to be? That's twenty twenty two. Is that seventeen yeah. years for us? Yeah, that would, yeah that's insane, dude. Twenty two, twenty three, twenty two. Yeah, oh five. Yeah, yeah. So twenty two. So yeah, two seasons from now. So awesome. who who can we hire to do a uh, montage for us after 17 years? I mean, it would probably take him a full year to listen to every show. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. I don't know if I'd do that to him. I can't do that to him. There's some, this is, there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of a lot of rough takes. I think we don't we don't want cold takes exposed to uh, to go too hard on us here. So, uh, but. It's a, I think that's a great pivot point as we kind of talk about the future, right? Because so this big contract, right, that we've given Jalen Brown, effectively the Celtics are saying he is a core piece, arguably a top two, three player if they're going to win a championship, right? Um, so can a Tatum, Brown... Let's say Walker, because he's under contract at that time as well. Can a Kemba Walker, uh, Tatum, and Brown 
trio bring this team to the promised land? And what sort of you know boost do you need from those two guys to make that happen? Can a Tatum Brown Walker, yeah, no Hayward take him to a championship? Well, I think that's the next question after this is what happens to him. But if those are your three best players, let's start there. If they're your three best players, can those three get you there? No. I don't think so either. No. And 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 even as even if they get great, but they're gonna but the but the reason I say no is because they're going to need somebody to anchor the middle, especially if you don't have a Hayward. And that's why that's why I'm getting at that. And I think if Hayward's still here and worth a contract and whatever, I think he could still be amongst the top three players. I think you'd say top four. And, and then I think maybe yes, because you know championships do get won with role players at the center position, especially if they can just play some defense, right? So that's... That's not out of the question for them to be a little bit smaller or doing the the Hayward Tatum at the four or even Jalen Brown at the four. I just think they're going to really struggle without somebody anchoring the middle. I mean, is it is it Tice? Uh, probably not on a championship squad. Is it a Robert Williams that's out there altering shots who's kind of got – I mean, if Robert Williams got his rotations down so that there weren't mm-hmm. the defensive lapses – I mean, look at the way he impacts shots when he's in the right position and mm-hmm. he's on and you know, staying out of foul trouble. If he, if you get two more years down the line, right, and you do bring back Hayward, and then you've got uh, Robert Williams as your center, and he's solid enough to do most of the rotations, and you have that kind of an offense where you can lob the ball to him. It, as the fifth guy out on the floor with four other offensive studs and they're doing the rotations right and he's athletic enough I'm not going to say he can come out to the perimeter and like get low and pressure the ball but there's no reason you can't expect him to get you know to close out like he's long enough that even if he's late on the close out his length could still alter the shot so as far as closeouts go you know, and all those rotations and mismatches, I'm not really scared of that because of his athleticism. So you get a couple more years down the road with Brown having, you know, more under his belt. I think this is going to be a big year for Tatum. I think the entire team is going to be focused on making it a big year for Tatum, not only heaping the responsibility on him, but I think guys like Walker are being brought in with that exactly in mind was we need you to come in and make these guys, these younger guys, they need to develop you know, for the future of the franchise and for your benefit. If you want to win here, that's what we're expecting from you. So I think he's going to help Tatum, put him in positions to score and grow. So you get two years down the line and they're growing and then Hayward's still kind of doing the veteran thing and knocking down open threes and at least getting aggressive enough to the rim like we've seen during the preseason that, you know, he's not a liability that way and he's still kind of flowing through the offense and keeping the ball movement. I mean, I think you have somebody like Robert Williams. I think it is doable. So, yeah, top three players, no, but but anytime you say top three players, you're, you don't know what the rest of the roster construction looks like. 
Right. I mean, what, what we're seeing right now, and we're recording this while the Lakers and Clippers are playing, and while there are other players on those teams, some decent bench players, certainly on the Clippers as well, uh, those the fortunes of those teams are going to be dictated by what LeBron and, and AD do, and on the other side, what Paul George and Kawhi do. I mean, that's really where it's going to be, and you know, certainly when push comes to shove, the benches will, will help push ahead, but, but really, the difference between a, a a conference finalist and a and a first round exit can be what can you get out of your out of your number one guy your number two guy, and I I think that Jalen's complementary game to what Tatum does really speaks very strongly to that. You know, I, we haven't really seen that. I think I think partly that's because both guys have been pushed down a bit in their uh, in what they're asked to do out there. You know, but uh, I definitely think that what we have with both guys is that complementary game. Now the question is, can Tatum take his game to a top 10 level? Can he be a top 10 guy within two years? I think it's feasible. I think he can be an all-star this year. I think he can make that leap to a top 10 guy. But for them to get there in a two-year time cycle, let's say, I think he's got Tatum's got to be a top ten guy, and Jalen's got to be somewhere in that twenty to thirty range where he's complimentary, he's strong, uh, and and I think Kemba is does what Kemba does, which is get to the bucket, get some extra some some points, really kind of play that Kyle Lowry role, which we saw in in uh, Toronto. But I think for the team to succeed, unfortunately for Jason Tatum, all eyes go to him, and he's a guy with his own big contract extension on the come. Uh, this coming summer, so a lot of money on the on the line for him now, as everyone kind of turns their eyes to in that direction. Yeah, well, some of that's setting a precedent for him too, right? So puts him, makes everybody feel good about it. So, all right, the football season is in full swing, so get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on on wild card prop bets. Who will be the first head coach to get canned? That's already done. Will the Dolphins win a game? Oh, oh, man. Time to update the copy. Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we want to preview this game uh, against Philly for opening night tonight here before we wrap up or what? Yeah, I think that, uh, well, I, I, truthfully, I'm not that interested in the game tomorrow night, or tonight, I guess. I just, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to seeing some live NBA basketball. But I think the result is going to be so overplayed. And I'm so concerned with taking too much from, uh, you know, this first month. Because the Celtics have a really, really, really difficult schedule here to start. Uh, never mind what Philly, but you know you got Toronto and you've got you know Milwaukee around the corner and you got San Antonio and, and this is a really tough start to the schedule. So uh, if they can show anywhere near 500 or or at least comp- showing to be competitive, frankly, with Philly, uh, that's a win in my book. You know I think it's what I'm looking for to, out of the game against 
you know, in the opening night is what are the rotations? How are players looking? What's Tatum's shot profile looking like? I mean, those are the types of things I think I'm looking for. And probably one other thing in terms of that in, that matchup with Philly is how Kemba Walker attacks that matchup. Because I really think if the Suns have any hope of beating the Philadelphia 76ers, Kemba Walker has to be huge because they don't have anybody who can guard him in my estimation. We're going to find out opening night. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to find out opening night, but I'll also say what I'm looking for is I want to see how involved Carson Edwards gets in the regular rotation. Um, Honestly, I I think that that hot scoring coming off the bench would be great, but a lot of times we'll see a player – like Carson, get a little bit of run in preseason and look great, and then all of a sudden we come into the regular season and they get no minutes. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to get some minutes um, just by virtue of the fact that you just only have so many point guards on this team, right? Pretty limited. And so he should get playing time. I'm just wondering how much. I'm not sure he's, you know, does he get over 10 minutes? You know, what's his average on the season? Does he get 10 minutes per game? Hard, hard telling, and and especially on opening night, I'm not sure how much they're going to want to limit Kemba Walker versus just having him go out there. I think they want to win this game. Um, I know it's not their home opener that they got to wait what another day, and then they play against Toronto in the home opener. Um, and Fred Van Fleet went off in in their opening night game uh, Tuesday night, thirty thirty four points, career high. So the uh, that that team might not be as bad as it sort of, you know, seems with Kawhi leaving. But I know that the Celtics are going to want to, you know, get a nice big win in front of the home crowd and everything. But I actually think they want to make a statement against Philly. And the Al Horford addition to the 76ers, I think, fuels that fire a little bit. I think it makes the team want it a little bit more. And even though they're on the road, it is, you know, their first game of the year, and they've got something to prove. The only thing that might make that, you know, more – Enticing would be if it was against Kyrie Irving, right? Obviously, if they were playing against he who shall not be named, um, although I just named him, he but did. if they were if they were playing against him opening night, you know, the drama would have been off the hook, and there would, you know, I think the emotions would have been running high, which would have been interesting. Uh, they all have love for Al Horford, so I don't think that they're coming out with a chip on their shoulder to prove themselves that way. But I think. You know, there's been a little bit of a budding rivalry with Philly, and um, you've kind of got uh, a much longer, more difficult matchup, and then they kind of stole Al from them. And I think they almost want to be like, hey, Al, you know, we're going to be all right without you. And they want to prove that point, you know, even though they love him and they miss him. I think they want to prove, hey, we're going to be a different team and we're still going to be. You know, we're still going to be strong in your absence. And I, I then the other thing I'd like to see is just how does Philly use Horford? How many minutes? How do they put him out there? Like, I kind of want to know what we're up against in the postseason, you know, if we end up uh, drawing a matchup against the 76ers, too. And I know things will change, but it would be interesting to see. Yeah, I, you know, that's maybe I'm maybe I'm partly trying to pull back on the whole expectations thing, you know, just from last year. <laughs> maybe that's what this is. This is that's I was what feeling I'm going that. through. I was feeling know? that. Yep. That could be what I'm doing is just like, what does this mean, you know, and, and, you know, and, and one name that, you know, I have, I didn't really talk about, but you're, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, where is Gordon Hayward right now? What is he doing? What's his, 
you know, what are we, what are we going to see from him? I, I'm not going to learn that in one night. It's, this is going to, we saw one great night of Gordon Hayward. We saw pretty good Gordon Hayward consistently. Can we see great Gordon Hayward consistently? That, that's something we need to see. And with Jalen's money, now the, you know, they're at a point where not only does Hayward have that opt out uh, after this season, but, you know, there's also luxury tax issues they have to look at as well. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy that's moved at this point for someone. You, know, you mentioned, you know, Robert Williams, but looking to potentially add a big, I, I, I start to wonder now, even with his relationship with Brad Stevens, if the the move there really is to, to do something um, and, and bring in a big with, with his money because the uncertainty there with his going to free agency and going through this whole charade with Horford, even as solid as we thought Horford was with the Celtics, that didn't work out. And, and can the Celtics really afford to have two of their, their max free agents walk out the door with nothing in return? That would be a tough pill to swallow. That would be a horrible pill to swallow. I mean, that would be, that would be brutal. And I, I, man, it's just hard to know where they're going. The one thing I know and the only, and I want to go back to what you said about expectations and you're trying to manage them. I have one expectation for this season that, that I will be disappointed if the, if it's not met, I want this season to be fun. I want to enjoy watching them play basketball. Even if they lose games, I want to enjoy the way that they're playing the game. I want to see that ball movement. I want to see up-tempo basketball. I want to see him sharing, you know, and I want to see lots of opportunities to watch, you know, some of these players, not just, you know, the ones that are on max contracts, but the ones that are going to be on max contracts that, you know, that they're growing. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure that statistically it's going to be necessarily big jumps, jump ups for Brown and, and, uh, and Tatum, because I also think the biggest likely statistical uptick is going to be Hayward. And so I think if they're really sharing the ball and moving it around that statistically, we may not see that huge leap that everybody wants Tatum and Brown to make. Um, but I don't think that that means that they haven't made a leap. Um, I just think statistically it may not show up as much because if they're really sharing it and all those guys are playing well and they're able to be on the floor together, specifically Brown, Tatum, and Hayward, that you know maybe the numbers just don't move that much. But that's okay because maybe they win more as a result of it. Yeah, I mean you've got you know Hayward averaged eleven and a half last year. Tatum averaged fifteen point seven. I mean I don't think it's a, it's a huge leap to suggest that Hayward is averaging seventeen eighteen points a game this this season. I don't think that's crazy, and I don't think that even would be that super duper leap that I you know in terms of him you know being a great player. Um, I think Tatum's going to be a twenty point scorer. So. I think they could be both in the same range. You got to fill in, you know, there's, you know, Kyrie yeah. took 18 shots a game. I was just going to say, there so, is, yep, they're absolutely right. Five here, five there, you know, you can easily get there. Never mind changing the shot profile, becoming more efficient. Uh, there's a whole number of reasons why Tatum uh, can be a, a better, can, can add more points. Uh, not only with just the shots he was taking, but taking better shots uh, for trying to create. But, you know, Hayward only took eight shots a game last year. 
almost nine shots a game. Like you got to think he's going to be closer to 15. Um, at than, least, than, right? Than so that's six of them. Right. So that right. leaves six more for Brown and six more for, uh, well, no, because some of them are going to go to Kemba. Gotta, you got to go to Kemba too. Yeah, so there's just not a lot left. That's kind of right. my point, you know, and Horford. I do. Yep. Well, yep. So maybe maybe that's where Tatum's shots come from, right? Right. I mean, you got Mook. Mook is there. uh, That's kind of a bench thing. Yeah, that's kind of a bench. Ten eleven though. Well, but 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 we saw in the in the preseason. Carson Edwards gets Mooks. They were Carson Carson Edwards gets Mooks. He gets he gets Terry Rozier's. What about okay (laughs) okay. Eight and a half. I, well, all that right. Seems all right, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But Marcus Smart's going to have to do more too. Then, uh, I I think he's still going to facilitate. I mean, maybe maybe a couple more shots. But I really think, I think if you if you take Rozier's, you know, if just look at the shots of where they were, if Rozier's shots are going to Carson Edwards, uh, and you and you kind of take a few away from Horford because you know and break those up differently with the big men kind of rolling to the rim or whatever. Um, I, you know, gotta think Kemba is going to be somewhere in the ballpark of Kyrie's maybe a couple less. Uh, but I think you're going to take all the ones from Mook and split those amongst Tatum and, and Hayward and Brown. It's yeah, it, it th- this is the problem the Celtics face, right? This is like you were saying, they need a big guy. They have three guys that are on the wing, and it's not so much I think that they can't figure out how to run an offense, but you got to make sure everybody gets fed, you know. And so here's how you do it: they got to take more shots. You know, their yes. pay their pace Eight. has to move up, yep. and and it will take advantage of their strengths because. Mm-hmm. They're good defensively, maybe not always in the transition, but they're good defensively in terms of um, switchability and like we talked about ball pressure. So rebounding maybe a little bit of a struggle. Like we've already talked about all of this, but if they play more up tempo and they turn more of those turnover, they create more turnovers and turn them into quick opportunities. That's just more pres- more possessions per game. And if they have more possessions per game, they get extra shots for everybody and everybody's fed and, and people are happier. And I do think, you know, the Kyrie Horford style was a more slowed down style. And that's what I also mean about expecting this team to be more fun. It's not just the passing and the sharing the ball. It's definitely being up tempo. I want to see him run. I want Tommy to be happy with the product for once. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I think you're, I, I, and I think they will. I think they're going. To, they're going to have to play faster. I mean, they're not going to have a point guard who's going to slow it down and try to create things in his way. You're not going to have a 33 year old, you know, center who needs to be brought into the play. I mean, everybody's younger and faster and needing to move. I think they. I mean, they were kind of average in pace last year. They're certainly going to be a top 10 team. If they can be a top five team, that will make a huge difference, particularly for a guy like Jalen Brown, who does so great in the front court of, you know, in the, in the full court, running the floor, you know, and really attacking that's, and Jason Tatum too. I mean, 
God, that's how long have we heard Tommy Heinsohn talking about run, run, run? You know, that's what we need. We need run, run, run. These guys get up there, get up and down the court, and you're, it's going to be easy to get, you know, 15, five more shots a game, 10 more shots a game. Well, 10's going to be tough, but five more shots a game for these guys and boost these numbers up and get these wings out and running, more touches, more finishes. It's going to make them better. And look, the defense has to be fast. They have to be aggressive. So a lot of steals, a lot of live ball turnovers, that's what how this team's bread is going to have to be buttered. Because if slow it down and let them pick you apart, it, that, I think that's going to be a tougher tougher fit for this team for through the full 82. Well, by the next time we record a show, we're going to have regular season games underneath our belt. Amen to that. So... Let's let's get right on our predictions, my man. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Are we, we almost for this? forget. We well, we're we're gonna be because we're rolling <laughs> with it. So this is, this is the crazy thing, man. Like we've been, yep. you know, we've it's been so long I'm since so we've been into this. Happy, to you know, but we're on. we're back at it. Yeah. So three games this week: yeah. Philly, Philly Toronto, Raptors. Nick. Yep. Yeah. Uh, look, I am. You know, I I was good ship lollipop all last year, right? There was a couple of times I went way down, um, but that's generally what my that's my thing, right? So you're on the road with the Knicks, you're at home for for Toronto, the home opener, and and again we're going backwards here Wednesday night with the season opener against Philly. Got to be a loss against Philly. I, I'd love to say that they could pull that out. I just don't see it. I think they beat the Raptors. I know Toronto looked really good. Siakam looked really good here opening night. Uh, I think they take the Toronto game and the Knicks game. Uh, the first time we're going to see how the Boston Celtics in 2020 are going to be that same Brad Stevens team that did well on back-to-backs and didn't take those schedule losses so easily. So 2-1 and one I got. What do you say, Justin? 3-0. and oh. Whoa! You hear that, neighbors? Yeah. Justin? See, this is why Justin's on the road. So he doesn't have to worry about the, the neighbors giving him crap about this stuff. So, 3-0, and really? Yep, 3-0. and Yeah, they've, they, the, I think they just have so much to prove coming out of the gate this year. Last year, it was, it was you know, the whole issue of, all right, we expect them to win the championship and all of that stuff. And I think this year, everybody's treating them like underdogs. It's the sweet spot, especially for a Brad Stevens team. And I think they want to go out and prove something. I think the reason that they beat Philly is, is specifically that. I think they want to go smack somebody in the mouth and just show them. Just show them. And to do it on the road on their opening night of the season, I mean, I think they're ready for a statement game. I also think that they're going to benefit for having played some ball with Team USA. I mean, I think that gives them a little bit of a head start. Don't think for a second that Philly doesn't have like their own roster turnover, you know, they, they lost Butler. So they've got new kids in town. They've got to figure out how to fit in Horford. Like, I think they're still going to be finding an identity an identity that, as we've said, really struggles to figure out, you know, they get a whole glut of bigs, but how do they balance that out? Who's the outside shooter? You know, I think that there's still going to be a struggle there. I think that Embiid is going to have his way with us. But I think they're almost best off 
letting him do that and shutting everybody else down. They have the athleticism to stop Simmons, so I'm not, wor- I'm not worried about Ben going bananas on us. And I almost think you just go ahead and let that mismatch. The other question will be, will they try you know, some players like Grant Williams or you know, maybe even a Shemi Ojale who's had success against Anadokounmpo? Would they throw him against Embiid a little bit, use up the fouls, frustrate the guy? You know how I feel about that. You know, go ahead and use those fouls. Well, this bench with this mishmash, there's no one big man that stands out as needing the minutes above all the rest except for maybe Tice. But if Tice struggles, throw the rest at him. Throw the rest at that guy. Use up your fouls. Make him earn it at the free throw line and then try to run him out the gym otherwise. Um, and that's that's honestly the way I'd play that game. And I think that they'll – I think that they will uh, come out and prove it. I think they want to. And uh, I think they're going to. And then um, they get a day off so that they then get to go up against Toronto. And and that's the home opener. And I think they're still riding high. And they've lost some home openers in the last few years. So I think they don't want that to happen again. And so I think they're kind of riding high off that win. And I think they can I think they can take that. And then the Knicks, even though it's the second game of a back-to-back, I think that they, uh, I think the Knicks are are just not good enough. And you want to talk about a team that can't figure out its rotation yet? Um, they're all sorts of messed up that way. And I think Boston seriously takes advantage of that. So I'm going three and zero. And I don't feel like that's green colored glasses. It's just uh, this season is a human interest story, and I think it starts off ga- capturing our interest. Three and zero. Whoa, whoa! I can't go there. I just. I it's not to say that the Celtics don't have an no, you said it's Philly. They have a way to push back. I think they do have a way to push back. And I think Kemba is not we have not talked enough about how Philly does not have any small guards and the league has gone everything small. And I don't really understand how they're gonna compete with it. But we'll find out, and that's that's one thing. But I just and I think Embiid's going to be a monster. I really do all year. I don't think it's just going to be an opening night. I think he's going to be in the MVP conversation all year if he plays enough. That's going to yeah, be his I'm his just going to say, I think he's going to struggle with injuries. We already saw Zion Williamson. Like, the injury bug is already out there, and uh, I think I think that will happen. But you're right. When healthy and on the floor, he's going to be. He's going to be scary. There's no doubt he's going to be scary. Big year for him. And uh, I, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I also think they would just love to be able to have the Embiid versus Giannis, you know, uh, battle in the Eastern Conference. I think they would love to highlight those two players all season long. So we'll see how it goes. But that's going to do it for this week. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias... Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and for my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. All right, John, so here's the outtakes for this week. Every year, and I kind of tease it at the beginning of the show, but every year I start 
well, let's just say it for what it is, pissing and moaning about the NBA app and my NBA League Pass subscription. And uh, I get most of the games on it. Um, I live out of market, so it's necessary. And I miss uh, Mike and Tommy greatly and even Scal. I really enjoy Scal. And so that's that's all tough for me to to not have that. But the ones that really get me is that you know, I can get the ESPN games. I can get the TNT ones. You know, that's not too hard, even though I don't have cable. But the ones that kill me is NBA TV. Every time the team is on NBA TV, I'm blacked out. And um, it, it's just, it's such a pain. Well, guess what? They finally, they've done two things right with the app. I'm actually, you know, I only thought I had one. but They have another one. Now you can subscribe to NBA TV through the league pass options. So no more blackouts. I should be able to access every single game without having to go to a Reddit stream. Interestingly, they're cracking down on those Reddit streams. So I almost wonder if the crackdown didn't happen until they knew they had a solution because they'd rather you watch it than not be plugged in. But as soon as they knew that they could give you an option that they could charge you for, then at that point, they then said, okay, now we're going to crack down. I don't know, maybe coincidence. But here's the other thing. Used to bug me on my replays if I couldn't catch the game live. I don't like all that downtime with the timeouts and everything, right? I want to absorb the game quick. And they had this fast forward 15 seconds and rewind 15 seconds. But every time I would hit it, or maybe it's 10 on their app, but either way, Every time I would hit that button, it would lock up and then it would skip back and it wound up taking up more time to try to skip through downtime on the app than to might as well just watch it. And then every once in a while, it would start back in the first quarter and not in the middle of the third quarter. Well, during the preseason, I had to watch a couple of them after the fact and I was totally able to skip ahead and it was smooth. Instead of hitting the button and watching the thing spin for, you know, 10 seconds to bump ahead 15 seconds or whatever it was. It was like on demand touch. It went, went ahead 15 seconds right away. So I could skip through timeouts. I could skip through that halftime section of the replays. I'm actually happy for the first time since moving out of market almost, well, I guess it's been nine years now since moving out of market nine years ago. I'm actually very happy with the app heading into this season and the options. And I'm, I'm very optimistic that I'm going to stay happy. Yeah, right. Look, I'm glad that they finally added it, man. But listen, I've been listening to you complain about this for years. There is no way the NBA has this fixed. I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint you because you, you are definitely feeling good about this. No doubt about it. But this is the NBA's, worst prog program that they have bottom line period end of story they find a way to screw this up over and over and over the technology everybody else can do it but the nba has, finds a way to screw it up every time i hope that you can make it a full season being able to watch the games you want it's gonna happen uh, dude i'm rooting for you i'm it's rooting for all happen. of us but dear god i the, the odds are not in your favor i'm i'm sad to say Dude, I'll tell you what, I agree, and I've been frustrated, and I, you know, I, nobody knows how frustrated I've been more than me, even though you've been on the receiving end of it. I mean, we're good for three or four shows, 
during the year where I complain about the NBA app and the league pass option and blackouts and all of it. But the thing I always, and this is why I'm at least they are at least I'm going to be happier. I may not be a hundred percent happy. You're right. You know, something may glitch out on it or whatever, but I am happier by virtue of them making the NBA TV games available to me. That's so, so critical. And, you know, just black when I pay that money to watch games and you black me out because you have it on NBA TV, dude, that's ridiculous. And I obviously was willing to pay for it. I'm totally willing to pay for NBA TV, even though I'm unlikely to watch a lot of the other games just because of the time that I have to watch NBA. I'm watching the Celtics. You know, that's the games that I'm going to be watching. And so I had to overpay a little bit for NBA TV to get all the other games that's on NBA TV and their programming, which I don't really care about. But I'm still willing to pay another $60 a year to be able to watch every single Celtics game that had previously been blacked out. And I think they're good usually for what? 10 to 12 NBA TV games out of 82? I mean, it's I I think it's pretty close to... You know, 12 or 13% of their games are on the NBA TV uh, channel. So that, that alone makes me happy. If the fast-forwarding thing continues and everything else, we'll see. We'll see. Put it to the test. I just I just know they, they, they find a way to screw this app up. Like over and over and over again, you know, they find a way that it's not available or it's supposed to be this and it ends up that and the technology bunks out on it. I mean, I'm rooting for you. I am. But stay tuned, everybody. You need to stay, stay positive. Tuned. Stay positive. Yeah, I need to stay positive. We don't, we Mr. don't need you to be... I was willing to let he who must there not be named, you know, slide a little bit, you know, and I, yes, that's how positive I am. I was willing to let that slide until we got to the end, and yeah. Anyway, we're I not going back. Wait, there. I can't wait for them to go three and zero, and for you to be all juiced up. I, I hope I so. I, yeah, I, but you're so, just so you're so you're so different. Last year, well, you yeah, you're just listen. I've been hurt, man. I've been I know. Hurt. Go against the grain. Go against the grain. I, I went against the grain last year. I saw what I saw, and I still was saying, yeah, 3-0, 4-1, 2-0. Yeah, no, man. It's it's bad. It was bad last year. So I'm protecting myself. And it's look, it is a tough schedule. That is a tough, tough road to go. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I, have faith. I have faith. Yep, you should. You should. It's going to be a fun year. All right. And if you're still listening, you're welcome. Welcome.